It's January 20th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. According to Deutsche Welle, thousands of supporters of the ousted former Peruvian president, Pedro Castillo, took to the streets of the capital Lima yesterday to protest against his successor, President Dina Bolarte. The protests, which kicked off when Castillo was impeached after trying to dissolve Congress, had previously been largely confined to Peru's Andean and Amazonian regions. Police deployed 11,800 officers ahead of the demonstration, saying they were on maximum alert. Some 54 people have been killed in clashes with security forces, mostly in Peru's southern Andean region. The AP is reporting that defense leaders gathered at Ramstein Air Base in Germany heard an impassioned plea for more aid from Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky earlier this morning as they struggled to resolve ongoing dissent over who will provide battle tanks and other military aid to his embattled country. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and U.S. Army General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, were expected to discuss the latest massive package of aid the U.S. is sending, which totals $2.5 billion and includes striker armored vehicles for the first time. But broader hesitation over sending tanks to Ukraine has roiled the coalition. Germany faces mounting pressure to supply Leopard 2 tanks to Kyiv or at least clear the way for other countries such as Poland to deliver the German-made leopards from their own stocks. The U.S. has also declined to provide M1 Abrams tanks, citing the extensive and complex maintenance and logistical challenges with the high-tech vehicle. The United Kingdom announced last week that it would send Challenger 2 tanks, describing it as a natural progression of military aid to Ukraine. Politico Europe is reporting that a vast number of firms headquartered in the European Union and other G7 countries continue to operate and invest in Russia, according to a new study on equity investments made by Western companies. Less than 9% of about 1,400 EU and G7 companies that had subsidiaries in Russia before Moscow invaded Ukraine, had divested at least one subsidiary in the country by November 2022, according to the study. This is despite the harshest ever Western sanctions against Moscow and the media reports of multiple companies' exits from the country since the start of the war in Ukraine. U.S.-based companies accounted for more exits than those based in the EU and Japan. The majority of Western companies that remain fully active in Russia are German, according to the study. Elsewhere, according to the BBC, Japan's inflation rate has jumped to a fresh 41-year high as businesses pass on higher costs to their customers. Core consumer prices for last month rose by 4% from a year earlier, double the Bank of Japan's target level. This week, the Bank of Japan surprised investors by announcing that it would keep rates near zero, despite the increasing cost of everything from food to fuel. 
producer prices have been rising at a much faster pace than consumer prices for some time, but now companies are passing these costs on to consumers. Damien Thong, who heads Japan Equity Research at Macquarie Group, told the BBC, "We believe that the Bank of Japan will eventually end its negative interest rate policy." He added. Al Jazeera is reporting that India has told Sri Lanka it is committed to boosting investment in its debt-ridden neighbor to help pull it from its worst economic crisis in seven decades. The island nation, home to 22 million people, has grappled with challenges over the past year, ranging from a shortage of foreign currency to runaway inflation and a steep recession. And its worst such debt crisis since independence from Britain in 1948. India will encourage greater investment in the Sri Lankan economy, especially in core areas like energy, tourism, and infrastructure. India's foreign minister told reporters in Colombo today. Sri Lanka is racing to secure a 2.9 billion dollar bailout package from the International Monetary Fund. But requires the backing of China and India, its biggest bilateral lenders, to reach a final agreement with the IMF. According to Kenya's The Nation, a notorious militia in Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo on Thursday attacked a camp for displaced people, killing five children and two adults, and prompting protests against UN peacekeepers. Local health and civil society representatives said. The Kodeko insurgents, one of myriad armed groups operating in the restive mineral-rich region, have been responsible for multiple brutal massacres over the past decade. They claim to represent the Lendu ethnic group, acting in response to attacks from the Hema community, with which it has a long-standing rivalry. However, its grievances are unclear. Desiree Malodra. A local civil society representative said the militia had killed, burned, and pillaged the Plain Savo camp for the displaced in Ituri Province early Thursday morning. The Lendu and Hema communities have a long-standing feud that led to thousands of deaths between 1999 and 2003, before an intervention by a European peacekeeping force. Violence resumed in 2017, blamed on the emergence of the Kodeko. Which says it represents the Hema community. Reuters reports that Brazilian environmental agents cut through the rainforest with machetes on Thursday in search of criminals in the first anti-deforestation raids under President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, who has pledged to end surging destruction inherited from his predecessor Jair Bolsonaro. Reuters exclusively accompanied raids led by environmental agency Ibama in the rainforest state of Para to stop loggers and ranchers illegally clearing the forest. In 12 hours, driving on dirt roads illegally crisscrossing an indigenous reserve, the convoy reached five areas that were deforested and burned around the time of last October's election. That pitted Lula against Bolsonaro. An area larger than Denmark was deforested under Bolsonaro 
a 60% increase from the prior four years. In lighter news from the BBC, a cane toad so giant wildlife officers thought it was fake has been found in a North Australia rainforest. The monster specimen is six times bigger than the average toad, weighs 2.7 kilograms, and could break a world record. Dubbed Toadzilla, the animal was quickly placed in a container and removed from the wild. When park ranger Kylie Gray first spotted the massive amphibian while out on patrol in Queensland, she couldn't believe her eyes. The current Guinness World Record for the largest toad, 2.65 kilograms, was set by a pet toad in Sweden named Prinsen in 1991. That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the dsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This weekend, we'll speak with Andrea Kendall-Taylor of the Center for a New American Security about the state of the war in Ukraine. If you aren't a member, go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.